Patsy with a Z. Welcome to Joy on Paper, a program for writers and those who dream of writing, and for everyone who wants to know the story behind the book, coming to you from glorious Clearwater, Florida. Well, this is an exciting day. I have two really great interviews. First up will be Daniel Silva, and then at the bottom of the hour, uh, an old favorite, Ace Atkins, who's been on the program many times, and so I'm going to be talking to both of them today. This is one of those really special days. If you've been watching any television lately, Daniel Silva, he's been on every show because his book is so relevant, all about Russia. It's always exciting when you win a prize and... Boy, oh boy, my guest has won, I think, every prize. And I'm so very, very thrilled that, uh, you know, there are authors who I love and then there are authors who I just adore. And um, so I think Daniel Silva really follows uh, right in that in that line because I have been reading him since his very first book came out. And um, that was, I thought that was fantastic. And then, woo! And is Daniel on? Hi. Hi. Okay, well, I've just been talking about you because I told everybody that I just love you. I love you for three for lots of reasons first because your name's daniel and my son's name is daniel so that's my favorite name then you were born in detroit and i'm a michigander i'm i'm from the upper peninsula i'm a youper and okay. I, I know, although you didn't live there, you only lived in in Michigan, I think, till you were about, what, seven or eight? Yep. Yeah, but still, you know, Michigander's a Michigander. <laughs> a Michigander's a Michigander. Every time I go there, I, I just I remember how great it is to be in Michigan in the summertime. Uh, oh, oh, it is. I have a lot of memories of Michigan in the summertime. Did you ever get to the Upper Peninsula? Uh, I, 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 of course. And, in fact, I was just... Um, there's a, a great series up in Traverse City um, uh, that I went to, gosh, probably about five years ago now um, in, in, in the summertime. It was wonderful. Well, Michiganders love to read because with our long winters, especially, we, we read a lot. And so, uh, wow, what can I say about you? I, I also love you because... I well, I I started reading you, of course, when your first book came out, The Unlikely Spy. But I love I love, of course, Gabriel Alan because my husband's from Israel, so you are also my husband's favorite author, and I've, we've been reading you since book one. <laughs> and every time a book comes out, we're like eager, eager, eager to read it. And of course, a new book, and you've been all over the place talking about it because you are so clever. I mean, who else comes out with a book about Russia? Uh, right when when there's a big summit, and uh, <laughs> so you yeah, really very very. Uh, I want to thank uh, President Trump and President Putin for scheduling their summit meeting on the day that my my book was published. That was very kind. Of I them. I think so too. I think it's really you know. But of course, they know that you are such a brilliant writer, and that you would have so much to say about about uh, uh, let's say Russian involvement. <laughs> In lots of hanky panky, and it's so funny. That's one way of putting it. That's one way of putting it, and it's so funny because, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I was not going to. I I love the slow reveal, and so I wasn't actually going to mention at all. I wasn't going to mention um, Kim Philby. I, sure, I, we could talk about Kim Philby. You know, I like I I like to when I, when I read. I never read the. The, the publicity before it. I never read even what, what the pub, you know, publicists send me about the book. I never read any of that. I don't read the blurbs because I, I want to just enjoy the book from, from the first sentence. Okay. So I wasn't going to mention Kim Philby because I thought, well, people should discover that 
he's in the book. <laughs> but uh, it's so it's so funny because now, of course, everybody knows that, that there's something to do with Kim Philby in this book. And it's it, when you look back on it, do you I mean, you are so amazing. You have such knowledge about well, Kim Philby and about Russia, do you sometimes just wonder, why am I not the head of the CIA and the FBI both? I, I, the, um, that, the last thing that, that I want to do, or frankly, the last thing that the country needs is for me to be running an intelligence service. I, I'm doing what I, what I want to do. But, but that said, I take these, you know, my work very seriously, and I take these issues very seriously. Um, I am well-connected in... in Washington policy and, and security circles. I, I know people in at the highest ranks of, of government, politics, and and, and and intelligence. And I, you know, well, that, that's that's why <laughs> that's why I your books are, have so this. authentic and why they are so compelling. Um, well, thank you so much for that. I I, um, I take it seriously. Um, that said, I have to you know make sure that, that first and foremost that the books are works of entertainment and they are oh. works of entertainment and and they are something to take on a plane take to the beach um and and you know uh, turn the page but oh. but they are based on on um a, a great amount of, of thought and research and and i do i do take my work very seriously well they certainly are page turners and what i I mean, I love so many things about your writing, the, how clear you are, how how precise you are, the, the, the way you use the language. And I always have really admired how you are able to do that slow reveal. And that's that's right from the, the very beginning, um, you know, where we're um, uh, in the first uh, book about Gabriel Alain, where he isn't introduced in the beginning. It, it's it's uh, the first chapter is is told through the eyes of, of a young boy. And well, I um, I like to sometimes develop my characters as I call it from the outside in, uh, and so use techniques of, of and points of view to watch the character and then move slowly um, from how others see him to how he sees himself in the world around him. It's just a technique that that I really enjoy using, and I, I use. Um, and Gabriel frequently, actually. Well, in the first book, of course, which is um, The Kill Artist, where you introduce him, why don't you tell people, I don't know anybody who doesn't know <laughs> all about him, but why don't you tell the listeners who don't know about Gabriel how, how it started, how the, the story of, uh, of, uh, of how, how, he, how started. he came to be? Yeah. Um, well, he appeared in, in um, my, uh, a book called The Kill Artist in, in 2000. Um, I think the most interesting aspect about Gabriel, um, he's a, he, he was an Israeli intelligence officer and assassin um, who had a very interesting cover job. He is, at that time, was one of the world's finest art restorers. He's the chief of Israeli intelligence now, but it, he was worked for many, many years as, as undercover as an art restorer. That was his cover job. Um, but the most intriguing thing about Gabriel, um, now 18 books later, is... To, is the fact that he was not uh, created um, to as, as a continuing character. He was supposed to appear in 
in one book and one book only, and then sail off into the sunset, never to be seen or heard from again. Uh, and obviously, it didn't turn out that that way. But but um, I, I I I built him to appear in, in one book and one book only. In fact, he was supposed to sort of be a, a second tier character in that in that in that first book, and he took over that book. Um, my publisher asked me to write another one. I did. My publisher asked me to write a third. <laughs> I did. And at that point, I had a series on my hands. And now we are up to number eighteen. With the other woman, wow, wow, and eighteen is high, and it means a, it's a really good luck number, and so wow, this is a, I think it's already shot. It has to be the best-selling book in the country because everybody wants to read it, and and the wonderful thing is that as as we said, it's so timely. It has for people who aren't aware or sort of dimly aware of of some of the things that have been going on over the over the past 50 years, 60 years, or even all the way back to the 1930s. Um, the book is an eye-opener. Well, I, I, what I wanted to accomplish with this book is to sort of put what's going on now in historical context. Um, and I think the most important thing to keep in mind, to remember, is that when Vladimir Putin... Uh, tries to undermine our democracy, when he meddles in our politics, when he uh, meddles in British politics, when he assassinates his opponents overseas, uh, when he engages in black propaganda and, and disinformation campaigns and influence campaigns. He's not making this up. This is nothing new for the, for the Russians and the, and the, and the KGB. Um, the Russian intelligence services have been engaging in, in this sort of work uh, since the 1920s and 1930s. They're called active measures. Uh, they've been uh, perfecting the art of, of, of disinformation and influence campaigns uh, for a very, very long time, and they're very good at it, as, as, and that's, that's quite obvious. Um, they have made a mess of our politics. Um, we are crippled as a result of this. Um, our, our president is damaged. Our political system is damaged. Um, and, and trust me, the, 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 the Kremlin, Vladimir Putin, uh, his intelligence services are loving every minute. Uh, exactly. And the funny thing is, I, I was really, one thing about Kim Philby, of course, he's an important part of this book. And for people, younger people who aren't aware of what he did and who he is, it's a, it's a fascinating way and an, a wonderful way to, to learn history. And as you said, they've been doing this forever. Now, Kim Philby, um, tell us what, uh, what he did. He bought, what, what did he buy when he, <laughs> what did he use his, his money to buy? Um, Karl Marx. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well, he when he graduated from um, uh, from from Cambridge when he left Cambridge in, in 1933, um, he won a, a history prize. I think he was awarded 14 pounds for this prize, and he used the money to buy the complete works of of Karl Marx. By and by 1933, he was a committed communist. Well, this uh, is funny, you in, know. In 1934, he was recruited as a KGB asset. Um, by 1940, he was working inside British intelligence as a double agent. Uh, in 1949, he was sent to Washington as, as the MI6's head of station in Washington. He had access to all of our important secrets during that time. He gave them all to the Russians. 
Um, he defected to Moscow in, in, in 1963 and lived there for the remainder of his life. Um, and he worked on and off for the KGB. And, and this book is sort of a piece of speculative fiction about something that Philby might have done uh, during the last years of his life. Because as a, as a brilliant, brilliant writer, you found a gap in his history and you filled it in. <laughs> I did, I did. And that, that, that's the wonderful thing about it. And it, I wanted to tell you, it's so funny, when I was 17, okay, because I've been reading since I was three, like Beatrix Potter started reading when she was three. And when I was 17, I bought the complete works of Karl Marx. <laughs> now, it's so funny. Um, and my my romance with communism lasted as long as it took me to read the book because he was a horrible man. But what really is interesting is that when my father found out, he said, <laughs> uh, he's had some very choice words for me, but he explained to me that when... In the 1930s, his best friend um, family went to Russia. They were, as I said, I, we were from the Upper Peninsula. And even then, as you mentioned, the communists, the, the Russians were all over trying to spread disinformation. And so they came up to the northern part of Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and they told all these people, move to Russia because you get free permanence. Women get equal pay, and everything's beautiful in Russia. And his best friend, who he was very close to, they got all their possessions together and headed off to Moscow, and never to be heard from again. So, uh, oh, really? It was a lesson. Well, he said. Well, you, one of the things that I explore in the novel is the degree to which <clears throat> Moscow has had this sort of outsized impact on the West. Um, for over a hundred years now, I mean, it was it was the 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 north star for the global communist movement, and now under Putin, it is once again um, playing that sort of, of leading light role, but for a new kind of, of of person, and that's someone on the right now. A lot of people on the far right really look up to and admire Vladimir Putin. He has lots of followers um, uh, in Western Europe, um, lots of far-right political parties who receive support from him um, and, and money and look to him for inspiration. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people in this country who see much to admire in, in Vladimir Putin. And, you know, during the campaign and even during his presidency, Donald Trump has said very kind things about Vladimir Putin, and I, I you know, I, I really don't understand that because Vladimir Putin is a is a, is a, is a stone cold killer. Um, he's a, he is the head of a kleptomaniacal regime um, that is stealing the riches of Russia. He's quite possibly the richest man in the world, which is quite an accomplishment for someone who's who's never worked uh, outside government. Um, so I guess that's one of the things that, that, that bothers me about this whole situation. Is I, I really don't think we should be trying to get along with Vladimir Putin um, because he, he, he runs against the core values of the United States. I think that we need to be countering Vladimir Putin and containing Vladimir Putin and, and trying to undo and fight against the, 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 this sort of new... Uh, 
uh, authoritarianism that is rising around the globe. Well, as an expert on on espionage and all of this, uh, don't you sort of wish that we had uh, a James Jesus Angleton out there? Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? James Jesus Angleton was by no means a, a perfect person. Oh, no, uh, not at all. He made some terrible mistakes, and he... he, he he crippled the, the CIA with his with his mole hunts. We're referring to the legendary deputy director of the, the Central Intelligence Agency, who was a very close friend of Kim Philby and had lunch with him a couple of days a week uh, when Philby was here in Washington. And Philby um, stole all of Angleton's secrets. And Angleton, who was the head of counterintelligence at the CIA, never had any clue that Kim Philby was a Russian agent. Um, so his... Um, his legacy is, is uh, forever checkered by that association. Well, this is this is the problem. You know, we 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 go through these. There, he he was paranoid about moles. Okay, and sure. and then he had a mole right there next to him. And then we have the, the 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 current situation where we don't know who is what anymore, and it's it's very it's really confusing. Well, that's why I wrote. Uh, the book that I wrote. Uh, uh, well, that's why I think people should read it because the other woman, um, you really are able to talk there about about the things that's uh, sort of a, a warning that we have to pay attention to what uh, what is happening in the world and and to understand that this has been going on for a long time and we have to really worry about look, it. I think that that uh, that, um, that the. Old KGB under ruthless directors like Yuri Andropov, they would never dare to imagine that that that, that the operation could have succeeded the way it has. And I mean, our our institutions and our politics are this week a flaming wreck. Um, never in my life did I ever thought think that I would live to see the day. When the New York Times had on its front page an article um, wondering whether the president of the United States was a traitor, uh-huh. or that a New York Times columnist uh, would openly call the president of the United States a traitor, and that he was an asset of, of Russian intelligence, um, and then we are, we are through the looking glass. Yes, we are in uncharted territories, and the strain on our system right now is incredible. And it maybe should be pointed out too that Kim Philby acted as a as a, a journalist. And um, I, I ha, have you? Do you have a collection of all of all of the articles that he wrote? Uh, not his articles, but what I do have is a um, is a look. I, I I have a library that that contains several thousand books, and and I have every serious book written about MI6 and British intelligence, and and every book ever written on the Philby affair. So I'm I'm I. Oh well, you are. You, researching Kim Philby. And no, of course, the wonderful thing about it is that you make it so compelling your your because of your insights into Kim Philby and the the, the entire story of course of both Gabriel Alon and um I was so happy at least that he had some ha- happy moments in this uh store in in the book with his family uh his new family and uh, uh it, it, it's just Gabriel is a wonderful wonderful creation and you've 
just been carrying it through 18 books and I know you'll do it again. So I'm, I, I'm just really honored that you came on the program today. Well, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And I know that you're going to have a great success with this. And with all of your books, I want to tell everybody that um, also they should also go back and the... I have just um, recently, because the audible versions are absolutely amazing. And, uh, I appreciate that. And I think that people should, they can start with the Kill Artist. And, and because you have a wonderful narrator, George Giddall. Um, mm-hmm. Amazing. He, he captures the, the tone and the voice exactly. I, I, it's what I imagined the books would sound like. And so I was really well, thrilled. He's a very, very prominent um, um, narrator and, and, and uh, of, of audiobooks. And he's won numerous awards for the Elan series. So we, we love George. Oh, absolutely. And I tell everyone, you know, read this book. The Other Woman is the new book. And it's uh, very, really current and hot uh, with, with the current news. But go back, and every one of your books, and particularly um, number four, uh, I think that was your fourth book, which really meant a great deal, Death in Vienna. I, I, was, I had just been to Poland when I read that book shortly after, so it was really very moving. So everybody read all 18 of <laughs> Daniel Silva's books. Okay. okay, thank you so much, Pat. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye now. If you read uh, The Other Woman, you will get some ideas, but I also go back to some of Daniel Silva's other books because... There are cautionary tales in there about what the Russians are doing and, of course, now what the Chinese are doing, what this one's doing, what that one's doing. But it's it's a great read just in and of itself. So uh, we're going to take a break now and we'll be back in a few minutes with Ace Atkins. 